Hello and welcome to another edition of the Guardian ID podcast. This is Zach Martin, editor of the Guardian ID magazine. Today we're continuing our series on ID standards, speaking with Kevin Gillick, executive director at Global Platform, about the organization's place in the ID standards landscape. But before we dive in, first a word from our sponsor. Whether you are protecting a critical infrastructure or vital information, or securing a facility or border, you need to answer the same question. In the modern world of identities, how do you establish with absolute certainty that someone is who they claim to be? At CSC, we understand that the heart of identity management is the creation of trusted identities. For more information, go to csc.com slash identity management. CSC, beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's an increasing importance in identification and verifying online identity. So a number of different standards out there can be difficult to keep them straight. Today we're going to find out where Global Platform fits in with some of the other ID standards out there. Thanks for joining us today, Kevin. Thank you, Zach. Pleasure to be here. So, Kevin, I just kind of want to start out, um, you know, what work is Global Platform doing in the, um, the ID credentialing space? Well, the ID credentialing space is very important for Global Platform's membership. Uh, today we have 65 member organizations, and it was those companies that about three years ago encouraged us to actually create a government task force within Global Platform because of the organization's emphasis on ID and credentialing. And today we have about 24 of our members who are active and involved in that government task force uh, to make sure that we remain very active around ID and credentialing. And, and really what we're doing today, Zach, is this group, the government task force, has taken a very active position to go out and collect the requirements uh, from government agencies around the world through some liaison activities. And we've established uh, some direct dialogue with organizations such as SEN in Europe mm -hmm. and the NIST organization in the United States. And if you're familiar with an organization called NICS, uh, these are the people who are, are developing standards for the Japanese government. And so what we're doing through this outreach is building on the requirements that, uh, that, that we're hearing through them and through our members themselves. And then what we're doing is we're going out and we're actively promoting the global platform specifications directly at the government level. Okay. And what we want to do, what we hope to do through our efforts, is to make sure that we're providing the right feature sets and we're able to communicate to them the right use cases as well as leveraging the standards that are already available as building blocks from other organizations. And, and this gets back to your original introduction about there being many organizations and where do we fit. And I think it's important to note that that Global Platform, as well as those other organizations, recognize the, uh, the synergy of the work that is going on and the necessity to collaborate. Uh, and if I could, I'd maybe like to offer you and your listeners a couple of examples, if I could. That'd be great. Um, one such example is the FIPS uh, and NIST specification SP800, which, although I'm not a technical individual, the, for those who are, they'll be very familiar with those numbers, uh, these have to deal with cryptographic processes. 
and global platform, rather than creating new work from scratch, has looked at the uh, SP800 specification as a means and a building block to establish our own cryptographic upgrades. We've also looked at OASIS, and I know we're probably going to talk about them in greater detail later, but uh, looking at the OASIS uh, uh, specifications as a building block for our systems interfaces. And we're also leveraging the smart card building blocks that are available to us around specific business domains. So as an example, we look to and align with ISO as it relates to government and ID credentialing. Mm -hmm. And we will look to the Etsy organization for telecom, and we will look to EMV for things like payment. And our goal or our aim is to have the global platform specifications written into or strongly referenced by those national and international standards so that people who want to procure global platform compliant cards from vendors have a means by which they can easily reference them to an international standard and then can procure them and can deploy them. And one good example of that is um, we released within Global Platform a what we call a secure channel protocol. Okay. The actual number is, is SCP-03 or secure channel protocol all three, all 3 And that is a technology that supports government's migrations toward higher cryptographic standards. So as an example, the United States Department of Defense and other governmental agencies have a need to migrate from the data encryption standard, or DES, to a more advanced cryptographic standard, known as AES. And our protocol has been evaluated and is supported by the NIST organization. And it, this protocol is already in wide use within the United States Department of Defense. So that's one such example. Another example, uh, we're also heavily involved with the uh, INSETS, ANSI standards body, and working with them in the creation of a generic identity command set or something that's referred to as GICS, G-I-C-S. Okay. Oh, yeah. And that, if you're familiar with that, that's going to become a framework for identity credentialing and a component of a standard ID configuration within global platform. Um, I guess one thing I don't want to overlook about our work in government as well is there's so many governments that are looking at biometrics. Mm -hmm. um, we recently wrote and released a white paper to help governments understand what global platform is doing and what it offers as a value proposition for biometric match-on-card verification. Um, this white paper really resolves a lot of questions that governments have about global platform's role in providing a secure uh, and a privacy-enhanced implementation environment. So for your listeners who might be interested, that white paper is, is available for free, and it can be downloaded on our website today at globalplatform.org. Okay. So that gives you kind of a sense of what the organization is doing around ID, and it's, it's kind of a broad tapestry. And so, Kevin, it sounds like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that you guys are basically working with a lot of the other organizations like NIST, like OASIS, um, on, you know, to, to look at the work that they've done and then kind of incorporate their work into your standards as well. And like I said, please correct me if that's an overgeneralization or over, oversimplification or if I'm just wrong. No, that, that is indeed correct. Okay. 
That is indeed correct, and some of that work is is pretty topical. And well, okay, let's let, let let's look first at at, at Oasis and and, uh, uh, and 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 speak about what we're doing there, because that's a good example. One one of Global Platforms' recognized strengths is our specifications and how they support the secure provisioning of an application to a chip. That's an area that is widely recognized as a global platform strength. Now, instead of us developing all of the messages that might be required to deliver that secure application and provision it to a, a card from scratch, we can leverage the OASIS messages that already exist. And what we're looking at is how to adopt them, how to extend them, and how to add value to these OASIS messages that would permit those people who are provisioning applications using global platform cards to take advantage of the best practices that are currently available from both organizations. So basically what we're doing with OASIS is we're leveraging their ecosystem to provision cards rather than creating one ourselves. And that's a, a good example of where two organizations' technologies are very well aligned. Um, if we look at OpenID, uh, another example. Um, OpenID uh, is an initiative for cloud computing, mm -hmm. for identity assurance and authentication services, to be more specific. And more and more applications we see are being designed uh, to gain access to these web services and these services are managed, if you will, by interconnected media, uh, one such point being the web media and the other point being the card media. So OpenID is very complementary to global platform because we will, it will actually help uh, as they deploy the, the cloud computing technology and we deploy card. It will actually help, we believe, in the deployment of smart card technology directly to the consumer level. So we, we see, again, the relationship between those two organizations as being very complementary. FIPS 201, um, as many of your listeners already know, that's a standard that came out of the uh, Homeland Security Presidential Direction 12. And it, that directive really called for collaboration and, and trust of credentials across government agencies. And an identity credential of known strength is something that was sought uh, under this uh, governmental provision. Um, the credential ended up being what is generally known now as the PIV card, the Personal Identity Verification Card. And Global Platform is indeed a piece of this infrastructure uh, as we are the ones who are allowing the card to be produced securely and in a standardized manner. Now, what you may not know is almost all of the PIV cards that are being issued today do take advantage of global platform security mechanisms. So almost all of these PIV cards are global platform uh, APIs on Java card. Okay. You know, and finally, Cantera. Um, what I understand of Cantera is that it is a proposed fusion, if you will, of the Liberty Alliance. Uh, along with OpenID and Web Services Star or WS Star. And the purpose of this fusion of the organizations is really to avoid some of the confusion on how to establish identity assurances in the cloud. Now, we recently created within Global Platform 
a work initiative to complement what is happening in Canterra. And this work initiative is called our IP Connectivity Task Force. And what that task force is doing is looking at our own global platform technology and figuring out how to explore its use within the Canterra developed space. So uh, in other words, we, we as well are kind of approaching it in terms of how do we use this for support of the Internet of Things, as many people are referring to it. Now, we can envision a scenario in the not-too-distant future whereby Cantera actually becomes the secure conduit for global platform to deploy secure applications to secure chips. So there's going to be a very strong synergy there between Cantera as it fully unfolds and the mechanisms from global platform that can play a role within their vision and within their infrastructure. So long story short, we see there being a lot of synergies between global platform and between these organizations and even between other organizations which we haven't touched on in this podcast. Yeah, with so many different um, ID efforts underway, you know, is there any advice that you would have for somebody trying to keep up with the standards to, to keep up with what's going on? I hear that question at every conference and event that I attend, and it, it, it's kind of a joke in the industry <laughs> that everyone wants to implement the standards, and by golly, there's so many to choose from uh, that it, it, it becomes uh, um, an exercise uh, by many who want to follow standards to just understand the landscape of them. And, you know, the advice I have is pretty high level, and it may sound simple and, and oversimplification, but I think first... Your listeners really should be attending the relevant government conferences to go where the people gather, to listen to the presentations, because most of those presentations are given by the people who are actually doing the deployments or the technology providers who know the technology very well and are in the business of supporting the governments who are doing the deployment. So these forums, birds of a feather all coming together, are a great opportunity for people to listen to experts, but then get actively engaged in Q&A. Seek those people out as Q&A during the sessions or after the sessions and learn from them how they're implementing to standards. That would be my first recommendation. The second recommendation that I would have is to follow best practice deployments. You've got deployments going on in the United States Department of Defense, uh, Department of Trust, all, all over the United States, Department of State, um, as well as in other countries of the world. It would be a, a good activity to look at these use cases and learn from them and their best practice what they're doing. And my third and final recommendation actually is going to come across to your listeners as being a little self-serving, and I apologize for that, but really, truly, the other way to get on top of standards is to join the organizations that are doing the work. Join organizations like Global Platform and give yourself the opportunity to sit in forums like a government task force where your peer community is actually debating business requirements that will ultimately become uh, technical specifications ready for widespread adoption. And to get involved early on in that process allows them to sit around with people who are the most knowledgeable in the industry and actually participate well upstream in the definition of those business requirements before they and their companies 
have to figure out how to develop products that are, abide by those requirements. So that would be my third and probably my strongest recommendation to your listeners. Great. Well, Kevin, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners uh, about um, Global Platform and what you guys are doing in the ID space? Well, I think the final thing I'll share with your listeners is it's one thing to understand that there's standards in place. It's another thing to be trained on them. Uh, we've been pretty aggressive in the last year and a half in offering card specification training sessions where the more knowledgeable people out there, the program managers, the system architects, the application developers, those types of people would benefit greatly from sitting in on a um, well-documented uh, 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 training program that would walk them through um, an understanding of the specifications um, with a knowledgeable instructor. And this would be one way for those listeners who need that information uh, to peel back the onion further than they ever could by simply reviewing a public website. This would give them an opportunity to really do a deep dive on specifications and understand their implications as well as their interaction with other standards bodies. So training to me would be, uh, I guess, the last thing that I would advise your listeners to give consideration to. Great. Well, Kevin, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this latest edition of the Regarding ID podcast. My pleasure, Zach. Thank you so much for the opportunity.